Hello and welcome to the Learn to Live on Purpose podcast. We're your hosts, Angel and Kate. We started our family in 2017 and quickly learned that traditional family life wasn't really our style. We've been on a journey of crafting a more intentional lifestyle ever since. We started to question how and why we did everything, including our relationships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and wellness. Join us each week as we break down what we've learned along the way and how you can start to apply a little bit of intentionality into your life. This episode is sponsored by the new 1% Wellness free trial programs. 1% Wellness offers parent-friendly workout and exercise guidance with the flexibility you need. Choose from pre-planned six to eight week programs or select individual workouts from the gallery. The 1% Wellness app allows you to move your workout days as needed. Plus you get access to bonus yoga flows, guided meditations, stretch sequences, and more. Integrate your data from Fitbit, Apple Health, and MyFitnessPal to keep everything you need in one simple app. Check out the free trials at 1percentwellness.com. That's the number one, P-E-R-C-E-N-T, wellness.com. Welcome back to our podcast. We're super duper grateful for you guys being back and listening into our next episode. Uh, This episode, we kind of wanted to piggyback off of our first episode. Um, which kind of was how we got together, um, pretty much leading up into our gauge, engagement. So um, this one, we're going to be kind of talking about how um, us pretty much almost getting divorced led to our marriage being saved. Um, you know, so right now we're going to kind of give you guys a little bit of the highlights. I know through like 20, 2017, to about 2019, so essentially from when our first daughter was born to when our second one was born, um, were whirlwind, I would say hurricane or monsoons or whatever big national, whatever crazy disaster is. Um, it was a lot of stuff kind of going in. A lot, like years and years worth of stuff that, you know, normal people would have spread out that we Mm -hmm. kind of crammed into like even the first couple months that we were married. Yeah, I think from 2017, we pretty much started off with like buying our first home in January, getting married in February, um, rescuing a dog like super duper shortly after that. And then we found out we literally got pregnant on our wedding night. Yeah, so shout out to me on that one because that was um, fantastic timing on that. If anybody knows, you know what I mean? We got married February, daughter was born November. So y'all do the math on that. That was pretty much nine months in D. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Um, pretty much found out that she was pregnant like very shortly after that, which we ended up going on a honeymoon while she was pregnant in Fort Lauderdale. And there was, yeah, it was a lot of fun stuff with all that. Um, it was a lot of like high stress stuff. Like buying your first house was stressful just by itself. And just, then yeah. we bought like a fixer upper. So we had mm-hmm. like issues with that and that was all happening right around. I mean, we bought that and moved in two weeks before our wedding. So yeah, we and then like our water, that. our water pipes ended up like yeah. bursting like a week before our wedding. Like there was like a big snowstorm. Like there was just a <laughs> lot of stressful stuff, and it just kind of compounded, and we just kept like adding more and more and more to it. So yep. I mean, I feel like that's we didn't have like a really newlywed phase. We didn't have a like glowy honeymoon, like super obsessed with each other and no one you know neither one of us could do no wrong kind of yeah phase like most people do yeah it immediately went from like hey you're married to like hey you're you guys are expecting your first child so um that all was really really quick um but anyways we went from the rescue of the dog getting you know expecting our first child 
Um, then from their renovations, right, because we did buy our first fixer-upper. So while in the dead heat of the summer, we were pretty much doing renovations and we working on the basement. Model. Yep, working on a new roof. You didn't have a basement now. Oh, sorry. My bad. That was the other house. That was, that was way later. I'm sorry. But yeah, no. So we did renovations on that one. And then um, normal like relationship stuff too. Like you were a trainer. So like we had yes. some boundaries stuff we were working through with coworkers mm-hmm. and clients and stuff like that. And then, yeah, we had our first daughter. I had, I mean, that's a huge thing just by itself without all the other stuff. Yep. But um, I had pretty serious postpartum anxiety and depression after that. So that just threw everything for a loop and I didn't take much time off at all before I went back to work at Starbucks. Yeah. That was pretty scary. The whole post postpartum thing was actually pretty, pretty scary, but yeah. um, that'll, that will kind of tap into a little bit more. But I think um, that started us like feeling kind of more separate. Cause it, like, it was all about the baby and mm-hmm. I was just trying to freaking survive Yeah, and you were taking care of her more yep. and yeah. And we still had our normal like roles and responsibilities and household tasks. So the, then you take into also like finances were tight at the time too. So it's like first home, first baby, um, renovations, all of that stuff. So money was already tight. So, you know, with that, they always say that, you know, what is it like a big leading cause to divorce is usually about finances and money. So mm-hmm. that alone was, was a very big stressor on that. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward now to 2018 and uh, my car was, was stolen. <laughs> so that was a good one. It's kind of like a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But it was also stressful because we were down to like one car with, yeah. you know, a baby at home and two different jobs mm-hmm. and all of that. So yeah. yeah. Then pregnant again. At six months. Six months postpartum. <laughs> six months postpartum and uh, pregnant again with baby numero dos. So. And then I had decided we had planned on staying in that first house for a while, but it was yes. so small. I think it was like a thousand sixty-four square feet. Like it was tiny. Yeah, somewhere around. The, yeah. And we, we had just... no basement, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And knowing that we were expecting a second baby, I was like, we can't bring a second baby here. Like, there's no space. Yeah, it was like the second, the third, what they considered a third room was like pretty much like a great nursery room. It was a closet. <laughs> it was essentially a closet. Yeah, it wasn't, it was like an office space, but even then it was like a very small closet. Yeah. So it'd be a great podcasting room. I'll tell you that one, but uh, it was really small. So we were like, we can't stay in here with like, you know, and at that point, I think we, did we rescue our second dog by then? No, that was after. That was after that? Yeah. Man, I felt like yeah, yeah, no, that was crazy. So we had um, our first baby pregnant again, um, more renovations on top of that. So that we could sell that house. Yeah, because that was the whole plan. At that point, we decided like, hey, let's sell this house. Um, and know. we ended up, the closing date, we, so we sold the house, we sold it for a profit, which was great, but we had nowhere to go. Like there was nothing else mm-hmm. on the market in the town we wanted to be in, mm-hmm. in our teeny tiny little budget, because we wanted to, you know, get into another fixer upper. we made a profit on the first one. So that was great. Um, and then we ended up closing on the sale of our house on my due date. I was still pregnant (laughs) and we moved in with my father on the other side of the state Second wife on the other side of the state. Yeah. Like an hour away. And I went into labor like that night at like 10 PM or something like that. No, it was one 30 in the morning. (laughs) I remember that very specifically because my ass is dead asleep. I get woken up. Um, you come out of the the bathroom like it's time, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! I'm like, okay, let's get it. And I pretty much probably broke so many laws speeding, but we got there super duper fast. Like 
I think within the half hour and like I think the actual uh hospital was about 50 minutes away from where we were staying yeah. at that time but it was uh yeah that was a whole experience in itself we got there and so we're in labor. we're living with my dad we had just yeah. moved in that day like moved all our stuff in he had like a lower level that was basically like a studio apartment for us mm-hmm. so there was well there was one bedroom for Aria and then the rest of it was like living room bedroom there was like storage space back there So we just moved in and then that night we're like off to have the second baby. Mm -hmm. So obviously high stress all around, not our space. Like I was so not like comfortable there. Like it wasn't our home like we had made. So that was, um, yeah, just a lot of stressful things in the first like what, two years that we were together. Yep. And then at the same time, while that was happening, we were also looking at houses yeah, we were trying to buy a house at the same time, and yeah, we just could not find anything. But when you went back to work then, because mm-hmm. you didn't take much time off after we had the baby, like the day we moved out, yeah, it was like an hour drive, and yeah, you were commuting. working like, ugh, yeah, that it was, was commuting awful. about fifty minutes. So I was home with the newborn and the fifteen-month-old mm-hmm. by myself, and you were, you know, working, and then two hours worth of commute basically per day too. Yeah, those days were long. That was 6 a.m. to about 8 p.m. working. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So that's where all a lot of our stress came from. I think those are all the big things. And at the same time, like neither one of us, I think this was the first like super serious. I know you'd been in long relationships, but like this was the first like really serious relationship with all of this stuff going on that either one of us had been in yeah i mean at this point this is both of our longest relationships just to put that out there mm-hmm. right like i've been in longer relationships i was in three-year relationships and i don't know you were i think your longest relationship was like eight months before me or something like that so long relationships weren't really your thing at that time period but no but and neither one of us had seen a healthy relationships either like yeah both of my parents have been married divorced multiple times mm-hmm. my parents stayed together but like we're not in a good relationship for most of my life yep and then your parents were not together either so mm-hmm. neither one of us had really seen what that looked like so we were really just like trial and error on everything yeah it was we kind of just were trying to learn ourselves what a healthy relationship kind of was um and we were like actively doing that we were reading books we learned about you know the love languages book was a big one that was a very big one and it was super eye-opening but like we had such a hard time like even knowing what we learned from it we had such a hard time like putting that into practice yeah and keeping it going especially because like the opposites like your love languages were literally my two lowest love languages and my love languages were your two lowest love languages. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that don't know, there's five love languages. Um, there's acts of service, affirmations, which are mine. There's quality time and touch, with which are yours. And mm-hmm. then there's like gift giving. Is yeah, I believe which the neither fifth one of us really. Which, yeah, that's not really a big one. So we were just at that time trying to express to the other what, like the way that we showed love was through our love language. So for me, I would constantly be like, you know, doing things around the house. And because to me, those are acts of service, right? So I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I'm like doing things that show love, but to her, they did nothing. And like affirmations. And it just made me feel like awkward. That was so <laughs> awkward. Like, I've ne- that is not my love language. I've never <laughs> seen someone like be so weird on like complimenting someone or telling someone that they're doing a good job. <laughs> like, and it's, it was like, it was, it was funny to watch, but like not funny at the same time. 
Um, but that's how I also showed affection to you was like, Hey, like I, you know, notice you're doing a great job with this, blah, blah, blah. And it just, that and I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you just didn't care. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. So then that got us like frustrated just because we weren't meeting those needs. So. so it was, this is what I'm trying to say, I guess that we were trying. It's not like we were just like being yeah. assholes to each other and like mm-hmm. complaining about stuff. Like we were actively trying to make our relationship better and to communicate better and to find ways that we could do things differently. And like, we would, especially when we read the love languages book, like we both tried for a consistent, like two weeks, I feel like to, to meet the other person's needs that way, but it was so unnatural. And there were so many like other patterns of like trying to blame the other person and stuff like that, that you can't keep that going for that long when it's like such an effort. Like that's not realistic, especially with two young kids and all the other stuff we had going on and renovations. And like, you can't, it was like a full-time job to try to constantly be like Mm -hmm. meeting the other person's needs that way. Yeah. Which we, which we did like for short spurts, like there was a lot of ups and downs. It was a lot of like, we did really well for like a couple of weeks and we were kind of on the same page, but then all of a sudden it's like, it wasn't sustainable though. Cause it was like constant effort. Like it felt so unnatural. Yeah. And then we would revert back to, our old habit, like right. habits and well, patterns. Well, you're not doing this, so I'm not going to do that. And then yeah. we just end up in the same spot. Oh, yeah. And then when we would have fights, our fights would last. Like, it felt like days. I'll be yeah. honest. Like, we would just give each other, like, cold, cold shoulder. shoulders. Like, we had and... kids, so it would be, like, you know, bare minimum communication to, like, yeah. take care of the kids, take care of the house, whatever it was. But there mm-hmm. was, like, nothing other than that. Which, at that point, also, it wasn't fair to them. And I think that's kind of when we also kind of started to realize, like, that's not working. Like, we're not we're not really moving forward. So something else. And we tried, I'm telling you, we tried for what felt like years. And at that point we were just kind of like, I don't, I don't know what to do with all this. So 2021 ish then COVID Mm -hmm. the gym is shut down your home. Yep. So we have no idea what the hell is going on. (laughs) Yeah. That was interesting. So it was pretty much like with me being a personal trainer, it was like, Hey, gyms are closing down obviously. Right. We're going to do virtual, all this other stuff. It didn't but pan out. But they said out. we couldn't do virtual training. You had to like make phone calls or something. Yeah, like it was. It just was not an ideal situation overall with what and happened. I was home too. And then yeah. we had the two kids at home and it was just, yeah. yeah. We had no idea like what the hell was going to happen from all that. Yeah. So at this point we were just like, hey, you know what? Like, you know, we should work on trying to start, you know, our business. So at this point during COVID, we were like, you know, let's start renovations on our garage um, and transition that into a gym. So we had this big oversized detached, like 24 by 24 garage with these mm-hmm. big wrap, like lofted ceilings. Well, no, no, it was like all flat before we had oh, it. Like we right. ended up, yeah, it was like the guy we before was, it, yeah. was, was a mechanic. A mechanic. So there's like oil <laughs> all over the floor. Like it was a pain in the ass, but we ended up having to like remove a lot of the ceiling and then vault them. And it, it ended up being a great it looking gym. I loved yeah. it. And I'm going to tell you, I missed that so much. I love the feeling of just like going in there and just like, doing a workout it was fantastic and it'd be like 9 p.m and i just walk right back into the house it was like um, the perfect training studio like you had all the equipment you needed yep. it wasn't crowded we had turf in there even yeah that was awesome we had oh my god Pull we had bars, all the equipment we had like tvs and the music mm-hmm. ac everything everything it was awesome yeah it was awesome but anyways so we did all that we decided around then that we wanted to move down to tennessee because we'd always wanted to and it was kind of like perfect scenario like we you know there was money coming in from the remember we were getting like the the checks or whatever oh unemployment we we were on unemployment because of that until we got training up and then the they sent out like money with covid 
The stimulus checks? Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. and the second round was like per person. So we had <clears throat> like four of them because the kids counted too. So we had like cash coming in. Yeah. We had we had already gotten our reserve to like a really comfortable place. Put it this way, pretty you much. You didn't have like, a job anyways. Yeah, pretty much like <laughs> with every with everyone on COVID, like well, a lot of people on COVID ended up making more money on unemployment than they actually did working. So a lot of the people ended up going in that general direction. But I mean, we were one of those fortunate people where that it worked in our favor. Right. Weirdly enough. Because yeah, it, it was just we've always wanted to move out of the state. Like neither one of us really wanted to live in Connecticut, but mm-hmm having kids and having a little bit, we don't have huge families, but we had a little bit of family there. Like we were kind of just going to settle down and Farmington is where I'm from. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, where we thought we wanted to raise our kids and stuff. So um, it was just like the perfect weird combination of things to be like, okay, if you're going to move States, like mm-hmm. here's everything you need to do it. Here's the cash. You had some like training clients that were doing virtual mm-hmm. And it just like made sense. Yeah. I mean, also let's, let's put this out there during this time period, we still were not on a good page. Oh no. Either like during this, we actually were in the process. So this is how, (laughs) how nuts we are. Like I'm telling you, we're probably have to do things just the weirdest way possible or the hardest way possible. But it always works out. It always does. It somehow weirdly always does. And um, at this point we were like, Hey, let's move to Tennessee. But like, we, we might we might get a divorce, divorce. <laughs> like like it, it, it made no it literally made no sense at all so as we're renovating the house and we're getting ready to move to tennessee like sell it move to tennessee this is the plan mm-hmm. we start going to marriage to marriage therapy yeah literally marriage counseling we literally like right before all of this stuff too which is I, yeah so we're like back in the same route we've been in and out of we're going to therapy kind of as a last ditch effort because like everything we've tried on our own has not worked long term mm-hmm. we're even the therapy though, like we didn't feel like we got much out of it. The girl was kind of like, meh. She was all right. It, honestly, it was more like I think it, the biggest thing was the fact that we were both on different pages though. Like you kind of were working with a life coach before that. No, um, that was after. You worked with them before that because with Katie before that? yeah, you worked with Katie before that, and so you were with her before because remember we talked about it after. It's like man, I feel oh, like right. I need to do my work because we, well, and we decided that we were gonna get we decided to get divorced mm-hmm. like during like kind of before we went to therapy yeah we were like in that in between like okay this is last we went to therapy as this last ditch effort yes but at this okay. point you've already kind of started your spiritual journey at that point and i hadn't mm-hmm. and i had a lot of like baggage that i just needed to like unravel yeah and um you mentally were just in a different space yeah and i wasn't so i was still like very like guarded defense up like you know, I wasn't being, she gave us like a space to be able to talk, which was interesting. Cause like when we talked to each other, we were both, there was like years worth of like shit behind yeah. how we interacted when it came to like fighting. So like she did give us the space to like be able to say stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't think either one of us was really like absorbing it from the other side. Yeah. It was just more like pointing the finger. Yeah. So um, we did get one gem from her though to like her whole thing was like, Oh, get curious. Instead of being defensive and this and that, like get curious, like what is the other person saying? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Whatever it is that we have used and we've applied to like every, we literally still use that. <laughs> we still use that. And honestly, that get curious thing was, was good because um, at that point, I feel like a lot of the stuff was a lot of miscommunication and how things were being said were being taken like the wrong way. A yeah. lot of, a lot of times. And, and we were so, both being defensive. Like that was yeah. immediate for either of us. And we had years of like 
blaming the other person or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that it makes sense. It just took some time for that to like help it all, I guess. Too. Yeah. So we got to the point we were done with therapy because we were going to move. She couldn't see us when we were out of state anyways. Mm -hmm. And we, we weren't fighting anymore. I remember that it was like just apathetic. Like we've tried everything we can. It is what it is. Like it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, at this point, so right after all that, we kind of went through this whole, like, you know what, like we went through this whole like roommate phase and it, we were just like, you know what? Like, I think we just need to take the pressure off of one another. Take the relationship, like, like the romantic relationship, take it out. Like it doesn't exist. We co-parented, we took care of the kids together. We took care of the household like we used to. Mm -hmm. And we live like roommates. It's pretty much what it was. And it was really interesting, right? So we had this big conversation about what life would look like post-divorce. Mm -hmm. Like dating, um, yeah. holidays. Finances. Like finances, exactly. Yeah. Like Where we would live and how we would take care of things with the kids. And how we would both be able to still work even though we were separate yeah and it was it was i think honestly after we had that conversation it weirdly kind of took a lot of pressure too right well because it wasn't scary like you hear about people getting divorced and like my parents got divorced it wasn't like an ugly messy fighting over stuff divorce but i think that's a big reason why people stay because like you don't want it especially when we had young kids like i didn't want to miss holidays with them or you know mm -hmm. be without them half the time so just talking through that and knowing that we could still do stuff together with them. Like we were weirdly still like good friends then. Yeah. It was, it, it was interesting because it also was kind of one of those. I just, when I was growing up with my parents being divorced pretty much since I was a baby, I would wake up on holidays by myself and things of that nature. And I, and I personally didn't want that for the girls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, we need to think about this. This is about them. Right. Like, how can we make this that their childhood and as they grow up can be as normal as humanly possible the way that we kind of ours wasn't really super normal. So right. um, how can we still show them that like mommy and daddy still love each other and like we love them and still let them have like those experiences So we talked about, like, even if you know, one of us had stayed in the house, like the other person would come over for Christmas night. So yeah, like, it, Christmas Eve. yeah. And we were very like, you know, if you ever start dating, like I was literally like, mm -hmm. I. I would literally just follow up with the first question being like, listen, this is the situation we're in. My ex-wife and I are very like, we're, we're very close. We're yeah. friends. We're still planning on doing things as a team, like co-parenting with our children. And, you know, we're going to be in each other's lives. And if you can't handle that, then like, this isn't going to work. And at that point it was just, like that I said, it was, so was weird. Yeah. Like we both talked about that. Like if we dated other people, very casually, too. Yeah. like very <laughs> casually, like, and like, it yeah, was like, I want to be able to like all hang out and stuff. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, it'd be so cool if like our boyfriend and girlfriend met, like, <laughs> it was it was just really interesting. But having that conversation just, I don't know, it just felt like it took that piece out of it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like both of us were at that point still staying in it because we were scared of like what it would be like and didn't want to live like that. Yeah. You know, with that animosity or if we were, I don't, I don't know. Neither one of us wanted to be like fighting over the kids or money or whatever. So mm -hmm. I don't know when you take that out of it, the fact that we did decide to stay together, like it was because like we still love each other and care about each other. Absolutely. And then I was still, even if we weren't together was like, you know, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to provide for all of you, like mm -hmm. to make sure that like you have a roof over your head as well as like with the girls and, you know, being to get all of that stuff. So the only big difference was like, we were not, 
we wouldn't be in a relationship. Right. Just it, that's the only just difference. Literally the romantic relationship. Would that's be out, it. And we wouldn't live under the same roof anymore. Exactly. That would so, be it. and that was really it. But with with all of that came us being able to make time for ourselves and yeah. um, kind of kind of like what we say a lot is like filling our own cup, right? So we kind of were like, you know, it's not my responsibility to make you happy. And you were like, you know, it wasn't your responsibility to make me happy. It was our responsibility to make ourselves happy. And I don't think that was even a conscious thing. I think we just like when we took the romantic relationship piece out of it, we all of a sudden had like this time and energy that we had been spending mm -hmm. trying to make the relationship work. Yeah. So like we had extra time and energy and we put it back into ourselves. Like I distinctly remember that. Like I was like, holy shit, like I have time to do this and I'm not like super tired at the end of the night. Like I started my Etsy shop mm -hmm. and I was selling these Starbucks cups, like making all this money on Etsy. Mm -hmm. And it was just like fun. Like I, I hadn't done creative stuff like that just for fun in so long. Yeah. But I had the time to do it. I didn't feel guilty, like, not spending time with you or trying to, like, do, I don't know, like, hang out and spend time together just out of obligation. Yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point that, like, at the end of the night, you would go downstairs, you would do your thing, and I would do my thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, at that time, I think, especially during COVID, it was, like, I, I think a lot of gaming with, like, mm -hmm. your brother and, and my friend Seth. And it was just, like, that's pretty much all we, you know, I did for a little bit there. And, you know, I would then I would work out more. And then I was like, I was feeling significantly better. And, and you weren't like you used to cut your workout short because you felt guilty, like of me being home with the girls and stuff. Like yeah. That. And at that point, it was just like, you know what, when you're done, you're done and you come back in and, and I know, had dinner made and stuff when you got yeah. home and whatever. And it just it and honestly, with without the relationship pressure actually got us to kind of have been more time and more mental, like more of a mental capacity or space to really just kind of connect in a different way. It was mm -hmm. really interesting. Yeah, because we were still just doing the friend thing. But like, I don't know, I was still seeing the life coach at this time, I remember. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I was going through a lot of stuff with her, like processing birth trauma for the from the first birth and, you know, just stuff that I made up over that. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. So there was just a lot of different things with all of that. Um, but we were so both so excited about like what we were doing on our own that like we started talking about it and we were like more energized and I don't know, just genuinely happy and kind of connecting over that. Like there was still no romantic relationship in it, but we were connecting at least over the individual growth that we were both kind of going through. Yeah. And, and honestly, at that point, we kind of then started to pour more back into each other. So like you then started doing things like unloading the dishwasher and like, I, to me, that's an act of service, right? Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated that because that's something that I did all the time. And it was like, you know, I would put my hand on your back while you were cooking and little things like that, which to you at that time was like touch. And it wasn't conscious. Like we weren't trying to do it at that point. It was just like we were so happy and we felt so much better, like with the time and energy we had for ourselves that like mm -hmm. it was just natural. Like it was yeah. just, I don't know, it, it wasn't forced. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this to check this box today. It was, I don't know, just doing it to like be nice and like help take care of each other. Yeah. And that really helped us kind of build our, our connection uh back together which was awesome and then like our communication flowed a lot better um and it wasn't like a me versus you it became like a me and you versus like we have this problem that we yeah, both are coming yeah, yeah it was us versus the problem versus like me versus your you versus me um so we weren't really necessarily blaming each other mm -hmm. and we anymore. were using the whole get curious thing too 
So yeah. like when stuff would happen, instead of like immediately being pissed off and like trying to go at the other person, it was like, okay, why are they doing this? Like mm -hmm. really trying to like genuinely understand it, not just, you know, get enough information to, to back up your side of the argument kind of thing. Yeah. And we really stopped like assuming mm -hmm. like, and then like, there wasn't really a lot of resentment. And then we kind of were just understanding more of both sides of it. I think it was because we were just letting the other one speak more, mm -hmm. um, which was awesome with all that. So that kind of helped us. And then the boundaries thing was big. Like you actually established boundaries with your clients mm -hmm. and like stuck to them instead of just brushing it off and thinking like, you know, that you're not doing anything wrong and that I'm just being dramatic or, you know, mm -hmm. being overly whatever. Yeah. And then we honestly, we just kind of started to work. We like to use the word like harmonious, harmoniously. Like we started to work. Harmony and flow. Yeah, harmony and flow things. are like our two big things. Like instead of like work-life balance or balance, we like to use harmony and, and flow. And I think things really did start to go into that general direction. And, you know, we started to, and we did, we applied that to our schedule where like our schedule wasn't like, oh, it's one o'clock and you had until one o'clock. It was like, right, you're taking my time now. Like, yeah. And we kind of got away from that. And it was kind of like, you know what, like, these are the things on our schedule. Like we're going to work together on this and and we just yeah. made sure that we both still had that time to do like our, our the, the individual stuff that was like really helping. Yeah. So it all kind of started to work out. We weren't really arguing as much. And then when we did it, it the arguments weren't, you know, two days long. They were just at most now, even now when we do argue, our, our arguments don't, don't even last long. No one's it's even. It's like 10 minutes of like somebody being pissed off and like by the time you cool off it's like that was stupid like yeah that was silly like it on. made no sense <laughs> and yeah it, it's our arguments are not even like really arguments or fights at this point yeah and it, it's just so funny because like nothing we didn't do anything on purpose to like repair our relationship like that's the big joke of it all like mm. we stopped trying to fix it and it like naturally fixed itself when we just worked on ourselves yeah it all kind of worked out the way that it kind of did so i think that's you know, kind of how, you know, almost getting divorced really did save us. I mean, we also then set the boundary of like, you know, don't really joke around with using the word divorce. Yeah, we know? don't throw it out like the in the heat word. of an argument. <laughs> <laughs> we don't joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I, I one thing that I recommend whoever is still listening to this, it's kind of one of those like, have sit down with your spouse, your significant other and like really have that open dialogue and like that open conversation um you know if you do find yourself in a spot kind of like we were in where you know we were angry all the time with each other and it was just like me versus you resentment, and animosity, resentment yeah. animosity all especially of that. when you've been together for years like you fall into those same patterns and loops of like you know the same stuff happens over and over absolutely so i challenge you guys that's kind of like our, our little little thing for you guys if you guys haven't had a conversation like that We'll put some um, resources in the show notes too. Some of the stuff that we found really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, love language is definitely, but I'm sure we can put together some of the other stuff that worked for us too. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we appreciate you guys uh, listening in. We hope that you guys can take some good tips out of our conversation when it comes to speaking to your spouses or communicating or whatever it is. If there's anything that you guys took out of it, uh, leave it in our comments, uh, share it with or somebody send us a message. If there's something you want us to talk more about or absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But we look forward to hearing all of that and thank you guys so much for tuning on in. Thank you guys so much for making it to the end of another podcast. We're so grateful for your support and we hope that sharing our experiences has helped you to see things differently. We would love to hear your takeaways or what you want to hear more about. Follow us over on Instagram at Learn to Live on Purpose. 
Send us a DM or share us with a parent that needs to hear our message. Our goal is to reach as many parents as possible and encourage them to make lifestyle choices that are in total alignment for them. We need your help to do that. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To thank you for helping us, we are giving away free merch and our favorite lifestyle products each month. To be entered, screenshot your review, make sure to screenshot before you press submit, and send it over to us on Instagram at Learn to Live on Purpose. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.